Hey everybody, this is Dorinda. Welcome to this week's podcast. Most of you already know me, but some of you don't, and I'm assuming there's some new listeners out there. I'm hoping there are. And if you don't know who I am or don't know anything about me, I'm married to Daryl. We have been married for 28 years. We have eight kids, ages 13 to 26, five boys and three girls. We have four grandkids, and we have been homeschooling for over 20 years. So we've been just a wee bit busy for a while now. But we um, are so thankful that we had all these kids. We're thankful that we've homeschooled all these years. And um, this is my favorite place to share uh, what that looked like for us and also to share the blessings that the Lord has for us um, as we're raising our kids. But for right now, I want to just real quickly uh, let you know that if you want to connect with me on social media, I'm on Facebook as just Dorenda Wilson and on Instagram um, as at Dorinda Lee Wilson. It's L-E-E with two E's. It's in the, it's all one word. I'm pretty easy to find because it's a pretty unusual name. So hopefully if uh, you do that sort of thing, we can connect there and you can get uh, more encouragement from those places. Also, I'd love for you to go check out my blog. I have a lot of um, posts and things on there regarding homeschooling and raising a family and marriage and I'd love for you to go check it out. It's DorindaWilson.com. Also, this podcast is available weekly there, so um, you can listen to it from there or iTunes or SoundCloud. I would also love it if you would leave a review or a rating from wherever you're listening to. So, okay, guys, don't laugh, okay? But I finally found my podcast on iTunes and uh, looked at all the reviews today. So I just wanted to say thank you for those reviews. They were such an encouragement to my heart today. I'm, I just feel really blessed to be able to connect with you all in this way. And, and in this way, technology can be such an incredible blessing. So um, since we'll be talking about technology and media, and we've been talking about it, um, it's important to point out that there are some benefits and some blessings to it as well. And this is one of those. So thank you. So um, I wanted to let you know that I've got one-third of the devotionals for my new book written, ready for my editor, but what I'm doing is I'm writing a devotional that's dedicated to homeschooling moms. I mean, I really believe that actually any mom who um, isn't homeschooling or is homeschooling will find it encouraging. So Lord willing, it will be out in January, possibly December, and I know that a lot of you have been praying for me and... Um, I just really appreciate it because it is really, it's really being effective. God is showing up big time and just giving me some really clear direction. Um, I spent a lot of years at home just as a stay-at-home mom. I say just as, but you know what I mean. It was my, that was my sole focus and not a lot of people can say that, you know. Um, and it was that for well over probably 23 years before I started sharing anything online um, or doing anything like that. So over those years, God was so faithful to disciple me and just walk alongside me and really revealed a lot of um, amazing things in, in the scriptures and helped me apply them to homeschooling and parenting. So I will be sharing some of that in this devotional. So I'm super excited about it and I'm, I do appreciate your prayers over that. So last week we talked about how uh, technology can create or add to our anxiety. 
So I shared last week that when my kids were little, um, the way that I needed to handle um, what media we had, which was mainly the news, um, was I just didn't listen to it. And I realized that some people probably would think that that was being irresponsible or uninformed. But in my heart of hearts, I just really felt like um, God wanted me to guard my heart. Um, I think uh, with those mothering hormones and those uh, hormones that kind of rage through our body during the childbearing years, there's a, a very nurturing and sensitive um, heart that comes with that. I think it affects us, it affects our emotions. And so when we see children suffering or we see parents who have lost their children, it's overwhelming to us. And that's um, an area of compassion in our own hearts that we don't want to desensitize watching it over and over and over again, um, even though it pains us deeply. And this is how I felt about it. This is what I felt like God was leading me to do. So, so that is how I handled it as I just didn't have uh, the news on. And the funny thing is that I just prayed and asked God to bring to me whatever he wanted me to know about. And you know what? He unfailingly did that. I would hear it from someone else, or I think we got a newspaper, so we would see some things there. But we all know that the news isn't even accurate most of the time, doesn't tell the full story. So I don't really see the point in getting um, my emotions all spent on that as opposed to raising my kids and putting that energy into my relationship with the Lord and my marriage and my kids. So that was my take on it back in the day. Um, and I think um, it was also really good because my kids didn't see, and I, that was probably one of the bigger things is I didn't want my kids to see the images that were shared on, um, on the news. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. But like I said, this is what God led me to do. And in the point of this whole podcast and talking about technology and media and all of that is to, above all, encourage you to go to the Lord and ask him to show you where the boundaries need to be in your own life. I, he is so faithful to do that. And I think sometimes we don't think to do that because it's just there all the time and we've grown up with it and we've, we're used to it. It's around us all the time. So we don't really think about praying about it. But it's a huge um, area that has a huge impact on our emotions and um, can be very, very draining. So I, I think it's worthy of uh, lifting it up in the to the Lord in prayer and asking for His wisdom and how to steward that area of our lives because that that area of our lives has actually grown so much from the time we had kids, um, our older kids were little, we didn't have smartphones or internet or anything like that. So um, it can pretty much kind of be streaming into your home nonstop now. And so it's and into our hearts and our eyes and everything else in our brains. So we need to be careful that we're, like I said, being a, a wise steward of that particular area of our lives. So one thing that the Lord um, always seemed to lay on my heart was just this sort of strong feeling of protecting my kids from images on TV that I felt like were more than they could handle at their particular ages. Um, so we were very, very careful. Uh, we didn't have cable. We were not uninformed necessarily, but I will say that I'm glad we didn't have cable. We we had videos, we had DV DVDs when, when those came out later on. We also had, um, you know, 
public television, Sesame Street, some things like that, Magic School Bus, things like that were available via antenna. I'm really aging myself here, people. (laughs) So yes, okay, so let me just say it out loud. I think I shared this in the last podcast, but I will say it again because I'm still trying to get used to the idea myself. I am turning 50 on November 15th. So that's kind of one of those landmark birthdays that make you stop, step back and, and really realize how much life you've already lived and how do you want to spend the rest of it. But that is probably another podcast for another day. So let's keep talking about this uh, media, technology, and our kids. Now, I'm not going to particularly address, you know, how much time kids spend on the on videos and computers and things like that. I really mainly want to talk about the protective aspect of what our kids are seeing and exposed to. So with that in mind, um, like I was telling you before, I would get sort of this like creepy feeling, like a red flag to not expose our kids to certain things. Um, and the, and consequently, our kids grew up with very strong consciences. And you don't really think about that. But looking back, I realized that by protecting them um, and protecting their childhood and protecting their minds and their little hearts from things that I felt like weren't they weren't ready for yet, um, their consciences had a chance to develop. And that is huge because when they ran into, you know, because life happens and things come at them, when those things finally did, you know, somehow uh, affect them, they had, they were super sensitive to it. They understood um, that it wasn't good. And the interesting thing Uh, My husband shared this once, and I thought it was a a great uh, word picture. He was telling me he used to work for a bank, and at the bank, while training the tellers to recognize counterfeit money, how they did that was they only allowed them to handle real money for weeks. And so when they slipped counterfeit into the real bills down the road after these tellers had been handling this real money for several weeks, they noticed it instantly. Isn't that interesting? And I felt like that's what happened to our kids. And I think I think that's a good thing. So basically we are the 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 gist of the story is that we are um, exposing our kids to the truth over and over and over again. We're keeping them from lies. We're exposing them as much as possible to only the truth. And then when the lies come down the road, they recognize them immediately. I found that my kids were more sensitive than I was towards sin and things that they saw and heard uh, later on. And I, it was convicting to me because I realized I had been desensitized to some of that. And so I You know, I just want to encourage you, and I'm going to continue to encourage you throughout this podcast to protect your kids from the things that they aren't ready for. Every child at different developmental stages is affected uh, differently, um, obviously by personality, but also developmentally. What we need to understand is, for instance, children who are, until they're around between seven and nine, and it could be a little earlier, could be a little later, but basically somewhere between seven and nine, they do not understand until they are about that age 
they don't know the difference between what is imaginary and what is real. So when they see something acted out on television, they do not get that those are actors who are telling a story by acting. They think it's real. So with that in mind, I, I that was kind of one of my barometers was, okay, you know, I need to make sure that they're just seeing what's real and what's good, um, especially through those ages. So the bottom line here, um, we're sowing and reaping. Okay, We cannot get away from that principle of sowing and reaping. And I shared this in the last podcast, but I want to share it again because it's true for not only for us and how we're spending our time on technology and media and, and TV and computers, but it's true for our children. So here we have these children and we have the privilege of being able to somewhat control the seeds that are sown into their lives. Do you realize that? That is a privilege. Can I just say that there are a lot of places in this world where all that's gone on is is our wars and famine and terrible things. And these parents in these countries are not able to protect their kids from experiencing that. They experience that trauma through their entire childhood. And we have the ability and the privilege to a, to a large degree to protect our kids from that kind of thing. Why wouldn't we do that? Who are we going to allow to sow seeds in the garden of the hearts of our children? Galatians 6, 7 through 10 in the New International Version says, Do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Okay, I considered my children from day one part of the family of faith. So this is, but this is, you know, this is obviously addressing the body of Christ, but how much more so with our own children? We have this opportunity to do good for our children, to protect them. And it does get tiresome. I get tired of monitoring technology in our home, but I have to do it. It is part of uh, my kids learning where boundaries need to be. It's it's part of them, of raising them um, to understand uh, technology and its place, the media and its place. That is my job as a parent. And as wearisome as it is, it's still my responsibility. And God will give us the grace to do it. But we need to not grow weary in doing good. We need to watch these seeds that are being planted into the hearts of our children be intentional be deliberate about what kinds of seeds are being planted there sometimes it is just easier to leave the tv on or not monitor computer time but like i said before we need to do it our kids are at risk for being exposed to far more than they are ready for especially in the culture that we live in and all these um gadgets and things that we're able to have at home. And so we need to be on the lookout. We need to be that guardian. We need to be that gatekeeper for our children. 
children, uh, like I was saying before, around the world are living in war-torn countries. Parents have no, they don't have control over the amount of um, trauma that they're seeing and experiencing. But we, we do. We actually have some ability to do that. Now, I am not talking about being a control freak here. You know, I have known many different kinds of families over the years, and some did it well. Others, uh, you know, they erred on the side one way or the other, exposing their kids to too much, exposing them to too little. And, you know, obviously it wasn't my place to decide that for them. It was theirs. But eventually the fruit became obvious as to whether or not there was too much. And, um, and again, that's every parent's right. It's their prerogative. It's up to them. They bear that responsibility before the Lord. We bear it squarely on our shoulders for our children, not for other people's kids. You know, I, I, I'm probably not even going to go into all of that, you know, how much to share with other people, how much to warn them. I, I do think there's a place to speak into the lives of other people, but that is a whole nother um, thing. And I want to stay focused here on what we're talking about. I'm talking about not being a control freak, but not erring on the side of letting them see too much. We are called to protect our children. God talks a lot about um, uh, protecting those who cannot protect themselves. Okay, Our children do not have the ability, the discernment, the wisdom, nor is it their place to decide where those boundaries are supposed to be. That is up to us. We're not going to do it perfectly, but my motto is err on the side of conservative, err on the side of protecting. I don't think that you'll necessarily ever regret that. And if you're taking it too far, you know, God will show you. If you're continually praying over it, God's going to say, hey, you need to let that go. You can hear from him on that. But the bottom line is um, God talks a lot about protecting those who cannot protect themselves. In Psalm 82, verses three and four, it says, give justice to the poor and the orphan. This is God talking to us saying, give justice to the poor and the orphan. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and the helpless. Deliver them from the grasp of evil people. Okay, it's, it's I believe it's talking about the poor and the orphan, but it's anybody who is defenseless and not able to do this for themselves. It's our our right, a privilege, responsibility as a parent, but also as a believer to do that. And in Proverbs 31, 8 and 9, it says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Okay, so it is our job to protect our kids. Matthew 18, 1 through 6, Jesus um, is talking to his disciples, um, and he has some very strong words when it comes to children and protecting them. And to me, this is like, this is key right here. Jesus is speaking very clearly. I want you to listen. So about that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him, and he put the child among them. Now picture this happening. He pulls a little child right into the center for all the disciples to look at. And then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. 
So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. But if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Do you hear the protective voice of Jesus there? He is saying, protect these children. They are so, they tend to be so full of faith and so trusting and it is, they're trusting us to take care of them. They, they have this way of just believing um, what's true about God so quickly and so easily. And, and Jesus is saying, we want to become like them, faith-filled. So wouldn't we want to just protect all of that, that, that precious spirit of a child? So we are called to protect them. If we don't do it, who will? Right? I I am just I, I'm just telling you again, this falls squarely on our shoulders. We are responsible for this. We are our children's primary advocates. You know, sometimes um, moms tell me that they want, you know, they want to protect their child, but they also want them to be informed. And, you know, depending on what age you're talking about, if you're talking about a younger child, and when I say younger, uh, the younger elementary years, maybe nine, up to nine, ten years old. I don't even understand why that is really a discussion. I feel like um, my nine-year-old did not need to be informed of all that was going on in the culture, of the things that were on the news. My child, my nine-year-old, needed to be able to go outside and play and feel safe because he knew I was protecting him. He needed to go outside and play in the dirt and build forts and blanket forts in the house and bake with me and see that life is good and see that God is good. We have to have an understanding of what it means to protect them. We're we're at risk for, these kids are at risk for being exposed to more than they're ready for. And I want to tell a story of Corey Tin Boone. Um, she was getting on um, a train with her dad and she was carrying a suitcase and um, a heavy one. And he was, he carried, so he took it from her and carried it for her. And she was asking him a question about, um, I think something that was sort of more than what the, uh, her father wanted her to know. And he gave this word picture. He said, remember that suitcase that you were carrying that was too heavy for you? And she said, yeah. And do you remember that I took it and I carried it for you? And she said, yeah. He said, that's because that was a burden you didn't need to bear. And it's the same thing with our children. We do not want to load them up with burdens that they are not ready to bear yet. There are times that my kids at a fairly young age came and asked me a question that was a a pretty uh, needed a pretty heady answer if I was going to really go into detail. But I remember thinking to myself, this is going to affect them negatively at this point. It was like the Holy Spirit was talking to me. So 
that's what I want to encourage you to do is just pause and, and pray about it and ask the Lord, what do I do in this situation? And if you don't know, err on the side of, of protection, which is what I often did. I would say to them, you know, that's really not a burden that you need to carry right now. I'll be happy to tell you down the road. And it, um, so ask me maybe when you get a little older and I'll be happy to explain it to you. But you don't even need to worry about that right now. And they would be happy with that answer and skip along their way. And not every child will do that. Some will be more persistent. And maybe you just give them a little bit of information in a very, just skim the surface and just in a way that you feel like they could handle, would satisfy them, and they'll go on their way. So that is something that the Holy Spirit will have to lead you in. But do you can you kind of see where I'm going with this? The, the need for protection that it's okay for our nine-year-old to not be informed, quote-unquote. Um, so here's the thing. Do we think that our kids will want to own their own faith if they don't believe that God is good? Let me repeat that. Do you think that our kids will want to own their own faith if they don't believe that God is good? Moms, we are the ones our kids will look to the most to find out if God is really good. We spend the largest amount of time with them during their formative years. We are the ones who help them interpret the world around them. Just stop and listen to that for a minute. We are the ones who help them interpret the world around them. This is the beauty of homeschooling. Just a little side note. We want our kids to walk in truth. So we have to be the ones to make sure that the truth is being conveyed. In other words, that they are not misinterpreting what's going on around them. So this is why we don't want too much coming at them because it's going to be very difficult to convince them that the world is good and that God is good if they are constantly surrounded by negativity, by death, by violence, by seeing images on TV and where in other places, um, sexually explicit images uh, that just start to, you know, uh, wake up parts of their brain that really aren't ready to handle it yet. You know, our kids need, we need to be in tune with where our kids are are developmentally um, because their underdeveloped minds can't process um, a lot of the images that they see. And so it's important for us to protect them from those. And then the things that they do end up seeing, we can have a conversation about that and we can um, help them interpret it from a biblical perspective. We can call sin, sin. We can say something is wrong. And those can be opportunities to share the gospel with our kids, to, to tell them how that is wrong. And our kids will say, well, why would someone want to do that if it's wrong? And we have the chance to explain to them that everyone is born with a sinful heart. and But Jesus wants to change that. He wants to forgive the sins and give us a new heart and help us do what's right. Do you see the simple terms I use there? It's it's just that simple that we can just explain that to them. But but if we're having to explain, you know, 20 things every day that happen to them or that they happen to see, that is overwhelming. It's too much. So this is why we want to we want to limit that. Um So one of the things that we want to make sure that we do um is really cover all of this in prayer. You know, I'm always encouraging you to stop and to be thinking about um, 
your family and where you're at, the season of life that you're in. And so this is one of those times when we need to stop and think about, you know, are my kids being exposed to too much? Lord, is there anything that we need to stop? Um, Do we need to do anything differently? Do we, you know, just ask the Lord for wisdom for that particular season of your life. Maybe you've gone through, maybe your kids already have seen too much. Ask God to wash their minds of the images they've seen because stuff happens. I understand that. And sometimes we maybe didn't understand that they were going to be exposed to stuff and realize that, you know, that was going to happen. And so we just need to be tuned into that and pray over all of that and pray God's blessing over it and pray that he would clear their minds and purify their hearts. And he can totally do that. God is a healer. He's a forgiver. He's um, a God can help who can help us forget and can help our kids forget. So, um, so just be praying over them over that. Um, I think that our children should be free from heavy political or cultural burdens. You know, there's so much going on. And sometimes my husband and I will end up in a conversation about something on Facebook or something we saw or whatever. And now our kids are all pretty much old enough to handle those conversations because our youngest is 13. So it's a really good time for us to be having those conversations. But previous to that, we tried to be careful about how much we shared um, with the kids. I remember my sweet friend, Carol Ann, she's um, like a Titus II mom to me. She's the one who um, has just just poured into my life at just the right times. And one of the things um, that she would always say is she would kind of whisper and lean over and say, little ears, little ears. And that was code for stop talking. You're saying too much. You're exposing these kids to too much. So uh, it might be a good to have a code like that to um, with your husband and maybe your older kids. If you have you know older kids and younger kids, you might want to have like a code um, that lets them know that um, we need to kind of gear this conversation more towards a, a kid-friendly conversation. So um, like I said before, erring on the side of protection because the world will reach out and touch them soon enough. And um, we have to be ready when it does, when the world does reach out and touch them, we need to be ready to give our kids an account for the hope that we have. This is giving our kids a biblical worldview. We're showing them what we believe. We're speaking the truth to them. When the world does reach out and touch them and and those things do affect them and they do have questions. So this is why it's so important that we are in the word on a regular basis and we are hearing from the Lord on a regular basis because we want to have, we want to be ready and um, listening to the Spirit and in tune with the Spirit so that we can say the words and speak the words and have the responses that God would want us to have. Um, Are we showing our kids um, that we go to the Word for our answers? You know, sometimes my kids have come to me with questions that I, you know, they were just like, I'm not even sure how to answer that question, but let's figure it out together. And we would go to the Word and we would look for the answers. And by doing that, we're, we're doing a couple of things. One, we're showing our kids that we don't have to be perfect and they don't have to be perfect. That when they have questions, that God's word 
has the answers and that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. And we're showing them what it looks like to go to the Lord and to listen for his voice. Because let me tell you something, the best thing we can do is teach our kids how to hear from the Lord. And we do that by example. But when our kids hear from the Lord and they learn to hear from him and they understand what it means, and I think that's a process, it happens kind of slowly over time, that when they hit those times in life, when they're adults, maybe even teenagers and young adults, and they end up in situations where we're not there, and they have to make those decisions, they have to make the right decision and figure out what it is that God would have them to do, they know how to do that. They know the voice of the Lord. They recognize it. It's familiar to them. They will be in situations that we could never anticipate or predict. And it's crucial that they understand, wait a minute, I need to listen for the voice of the Lord. And then they recognize it when they hear it and they follow through in obedience to that. And one of the things, one of the examples that I can give is when our daughter was in the hospital and we had just found out that we had lost our first grandson in utero just hours before birth. And I remember um, pacing outside of her room and praying. Um, I could feel God's grace. And I, but my heart was for my daughter. And was she able to sense the grace of God? Was she able to hear or at least feel? feel that grace that I was feeling or was she so um, emotionally distraught that she couldn't hear it I walked back into her room and she looked at me and she smiled and she said it's okay mom I can feel his grace and it was at that moment when um, those verses in, uh, I think it's in First John that says, um, I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in truth. Brittany had experienced hearing from the Lord. She knew what it looked like to feel his grace. She knew what, it, what his voice sounded like. And in the midst of her grief, she could still hear him because it was familiar to her. And that's what we want. We want our kids to be surrounded with and, and just be absorbing the truth all of these years as they're growing up. So we go to the word for answers. We teach our kids how to do that. We teach them how to hear from the Lord. I want to share another scripture with you. Um, it is uh, Psalm 78, 1 through 8. Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I'm saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors have handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them. Even the children not yet born. So those are our grandchildren. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting about his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. 
Then they will not be like our ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. Don't you love that? Just the way that that flow is of one generation telling the next, because God knew that each generation would face new challenges in that in their culture that would be different from their parents. And so, so they, we need to um, instill these and pass these on to our children so that each generation should set its hope anew on God. To me, that's indicating that that generation is going to hear it and then they're going to embrace and own their own faith and they're going to set their hope on God for themselves and for their families. And that is our heart's desire, isn't it? That's what we want. We've been given the privilege to help shape our kids' view of God. This happens slowly throughout their childhood. We point out where God is, where we see him, and they learn to do the same. God uses us, moms, to help them gain eyes to see our powerful, sovereign, and very real God. He wants relationship with you. He wants relationship with them. And he is so real and he is so present. And when we point that out to our children and we we are constantly pointing out where God is working, they gain eyes to see him for themselves. So even when those situations come up where we have to talk about hard things and the hard things that are going on in our culture and around us and maybe in other families, we need to be so familiar with our God, so tuned into the Holy Spirit and his word that we can point our children back to him. It is such a privilege to be a mom. It is such a privilege to raise our kids in this faith, this authentic, this real faith. I can't even tell you. It just excites me to no end. It is, it is such a privilege, and I'm telling you, the years are fleeting. Don't waste them. Don't get distracted. Stay intentional. Stay focused. Walk in this natural, organic relationship with the Lord and with your kids in this role of motherhood. You were made for it. These kids were made for you. You were made for them. You are a perfect fit. It doesn't always feel that way, but don't listen to that. That's just a lie of the enemy, and God has something good in all of it. Pray over these kids. Pray over this. Pray the scriptures over your children for whatever season they're in. I just want to pray with you right now and and, um, just pray the Lord's blessing over you. Thank you for listening today. And I I just ask God's greatest blessing over your families this week. Lord Jesus, I lift up every mom who's listening. God, thank you for her commitment to you. Thank you for the time she took to listen to this podcast. And I pray in the name of Jesus that she will have been filled to overflowing, not because I said anything fabulous, Lord, but because you worked by the power of your Holy Spirit, because it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by the work of the Holy Spirit, that power. It's not my might or my work, Lord, or or these moms' work, Lord. It's yours. It's you doing this work inside of us, Lord. And so we just want to invite you to move in power through these moms as they're teaching their children, as they're spending time with their children, God. Give them the ability and the wisdom, Lord, to be so in tune to the Holy Spirit 
that they know how to answer their children, how to give an account for the things that aren't right in this world, and there are a lot of them, but also to protect their children, show them where the boundaries need to be for them and and, um, for their family. I pray, Lord, that you would remind these women to talk to their husbands about the things they've heard today so that they're on the same page and they don't feel like one is doing one thing and one's doing the other. Our children need consistency. They need parents to be on the same page. So God, as much as possible, I pray that that would happen. I pray for your spirit to fill the homes of every mom who's listening right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray a hedge of protection around them, around their marriages, and I ask that you would empower them to raise this next generation to be strong and powerful warriors for the kingdom, Lord. We love you. Thank you for being so good to us. In Jesus' name, 